0: Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there, yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee, In the region of the Decapolis, they brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay hands on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened. His tongue was released and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well, he even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Holy wisdom, holy word. I sat this week at Starbucks doing some work, and as I sat there facing the windows, watching what was going on outside, there were others facing the windows as well, but not everyone. Some people were not looking out the window. It was pouring down rain. The wind began to blow, and the rain was coming down almost horizontally, and those not facing the windows didn't see Didn't know. They weren't even aware of the intensity of what was happening outside the snug little coffee shop. I was reminded how much of life is like that. A storm blows in, in the form of a disease or an injury, the death of a loved one, the end of a marriage, and we see it, we feel it, we are facing it. And in some ways, we're a bit afraid of the intensity of it. While others who might see us don't see the storm that is happening in our life. They still have a glimpse of us without the storm. There's some peace in not letting everyone or having everyone we know know all of the storms of our life. It can give us a spot or a place where our normal anchor can be. A place to hide from the constant pain of our storm. A moment in time when we can let go of the angry, agony, and hurt we feel and try on a different feeling. A point where healing can begin. There is also peace in having people in our life who see the severity of the storms that are going on because they can give us a place to cry when we need to, a room to rant a few minutes of feeling sorry for ourselves when we need it, even a place to laugh at the absurdity of life, to heal. And when the storms of life have torn our muscles and ligaments, have broken our spiritual, emotional, and sometimes mental bones, letting someone else see and acknowledge our pain is like having a physical therapist for our spirit another place where healing can happen life teaches us a lot of lessons about healing for me there was a point in my adult life when i realized that physical healing from say a cold was a great way to begin to think about emotional healing and spiritual wounds and how they heal we don't know that we can feel better until we feel better At the end of my first marriage, I felt like I was drowning in pain and loneliness. It took someone, actually it took a lot of someone, to reach out in love and meet me in my pain. And while I healed with the aid of God's unending and ever-present love, I began to learn what it was like to recover from spiritual shock. Looking back at that time, I began to realize there were three significant things that I remember happening. First, I learned to laugh again. I remember driving to church on a Friday morning, listening to a local radio station, when the song The Scotsman began to play. I'm not singing it because it's not appropriate for here. But I remember sitting in my car in the parking lot at the church laughing for the first time in what felt like a very long time. Laughing so hard I had tears in my eyes. And certainly I cried. I remember when a friend at work invited me out for the weekend saying she'd just been through a divorce too. And she was going to stand beside me and walk through it with me. And she did. And I prayed. I remember friends from church who saw past my everything is okay facade and actually said to me, you look like you lost your last friend. Could they help by listening and praying with me? Yes. It seems so very long ago. And the wound, now a faded and well healed scar, is still mine. And I am stronger for it. Stronger for the healing and salve of prayer, laughter, friends who listened, who cared, of crying, and many, many hugs and just silent moments of sitting. We all have our stories of healing. Mine are mine, and yours are yours. Jesus, the great healer, Is in every person and in all those times when we need to be healed and when we need to help someone else heal Jesus drank with his friends. He walked with them. He prayed with them. He laughed with them. He cried with them. He touched them Loving them through their illness and brokenness Through tears and laughter touch presence honesty and even some spit Jesus healed And each healed, each sickness or wound, he healed with the pain. With the right kind of healing for that pain. So I did a little research this week on tears and laughter and prayer. Really easy to find things about tears. Here's what I learned. Tears help us see. We probably figured that out by now. They kill bacteria. I did not know this our own antibacterial and antiviral agent, right there in our eyes, working for us, fighting off germs. Tears contain lysozyme, a fluid that the germophobic dreams about. Because it can kill 90 to 95% of all bacteria in just five to 10 minutes. We should bottle that stuff. Tears remove toxins. Emotional tears actually remove toxins from our body that build up courtesy of stress. They are like natural therapy or a massage session, but free. It can elevate our mood. Manganese can cause bad stuff in our body, and it builds up through anxiety and nervousness, irritability, fatigue, aggression, emotional disturbances, and the rest of the feelings that live inside of our happy heads rent-free. The act of crying can lower a person's manganese level. Crying lowers stress. Suppressing tears increases stress levels, contributing to diseases aggravated by stress, like high blood pressure, heart problems, and peptic ulcers. So if your stomach hurts, have a good cry. Tears build community. In her Science Digest article, writer Ashley Montague argued that crying not only contributes to good health, but it also builds community. When we cry, others see our vulnerability, our shared humanity. Tears help communication and foster community, and they release feelings. Crying is cathartic, it lets the devils out, so to speak before they wreak all kinds of havoc with our nervous and cardiovascular systems. John Bradshaw, in his bestseller, Homecoming, writes, all these feelings need to be felt. We need to stomp and storm, to sob and cry, to perspire and tremble. Way harder to find research on prayer. But I did find that Herbert Benson, a doctor, M.D., conducted a 30-year study on the benefits of prayer and meditation. And in his study, he found that when a person is deep in prayer, intense activity begins taking place in the parietal lobe that controls our orientation in space and establishes distinction between self and the world. A quietude envelops the entire brain. At the same time, frontal and temporal lobe circuits, which track time and create self-awareness, become disengaged. The mind-body connection dissolves. And the limbic system, which is responsible for putting emotional tags on the things we consider special, also becomes activated. The limbic system regulates relaxation, ultimately controlling the autonomic system, nervous system, heart rate, blood pressure, metabolism. And the result, the body becomes more relaxed and physiological activity becomes more evenly regulated. The body begins to heal. That leaves laughter. I have to start with this. From our gospel reading, Jesus took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Am I the only one who giggles at that, or sometimes even gags? It reminds me of a wet willy. (laughs) Laughter relaxes the whole body. A good, hearty laugh relieves physical tension And stress, leaving our muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes. That's a big payoff for a good hearty laugh. Laughter boosts our immune system. It decreases stress and hormones and increases immune cells and infection-fighting antibodies and improves our resistance to disease. It triggers the release of endorphins. The body's natural feel-good chemicals, Endorphins promote an overall sense of good of well-being and can even temporarily relieve pain. And laughter protects the heart. Improves the function of our blood vessels and increases blood flow, which then protects us against heart attacks and other cardiovascular problems. For as long as I can remember reading Reader's Digest has had a portion of their of each edition titled laughter is the best medicine. Ellen DeGeneres says that in part of her stand-up routine that laughter is as good as drugs and it's true if you listened it increases our oxygen take and simultaneously increases our endorphin levels and she warns that you could get addicted to her. Dr. David Simon suggests that it is as important to our whole body health to not only take care of our five senses, but also to use our sixth sense of laughter. And even Jesus was not all seriousness. There's a book called Between Heaven and Mirth, with why joy, human, and laughter are the heart of the spiritual life by James Martin, a Jesuit priest, and in it he points out that Jesus had a sense of humor. Some of which we don't understand because it gets lost in translation. If you're looking for a book for your life group, I'd suggest it. Laughter allows us to temporarily step outside our space and time, outside the bounds of state and touch, and allows us to feel new awareness that is boundless and eternal, allows us to touch God. The American theologian Reinhard Niebuhr wrote, humor is a prelude to faith and laughter is the beginning of prayer. Laughter makes us feel good and that good feeling remains with us even after the laughter subsides. It helps us keep a positive optimistic outlook through difficult situations, disappointments and loss. It's more than just a respite from sadness and pain. Laughter gives us the courage and strength to find new sources of meaning and hope, to look to God. A laugh or even simply a smile can go a long way toward making us feel better. And laughter really is contagious. Just hearing laughter primes our brain and readies us to smile and join in the fun. If you need to laugh, try making funny faces with your family and friends. Watch a comedy movie like the Marx Brothers, which don't make me laugh, but the Blue Collar <laughs> comedy tour does make me laugh. Or listen or watch recordings of babies giggling. There is no way you can not laugh when you do that. Share your favorite joke with a friend. Blow bubbles. Twirl a hula hoop. I have three in my office Anytime you want to try. Start a pillow fight. Not in the narthex, please, but maybe at home. Jesus eats and drinks with us, walks and prays and laughs with us, cries with us, touches us, and loves us through our illness and brokenness. Jesus is and will be there with us, for us, loving us, doing whatever it takes to provide the healing that God knows is our need. Whether it's eating together, drinking, walking, praying, laughing, touching us loving us through our illness and brokenness. And when necessary, Jesus might just give us a wet willy to cure our deafness. Amen.